Hi guys! It's Jessica from Deconstructing Damsels, and you guys are getting a bonus episode this week. And it's because Valentine's Day. I know the 13th is Valentine's Day, and many people celebrate it, but it's a Valentine's Day. I'm with my usual suspects, Finn. Hello. And we actually are covering a movie that was recommended to us by friend of the show, Jade who I mentioned in the last episode, and My Boyfriend is a Bear, which was done by D, another friend and patron. So, I wanted to let you guys know, today we are covering Zombies, the Disney... Channel. <laughs> original movie. <laughs> yeah. And in it, it's about, obviously, zombies and non-zombies, and it's kind of got a Romeo and Juliet vibe to it, but set in kind of a interesting tone and color scheme and there's some very mm -hmm. clear indicators of things that are a little bit different and strange mm -hmm. and apparently today well february 14th anyway it seems like zombies 2 is premiering as well which <sighs> features werewolves which i, I kind of want to see alone for that purpose because i'm a big fucking nerd for any kind of like lycanthrope or or werewolf or i mean i god i could do an entire series on shelly lawrenson's pride series it would be great so in a moment we'll talk about it but first i want to give a shout out to patrons d as mentioned and what's her name podcast you can find d at yeah there you go I never remember that. I just call her D on, on Twitter and she pops up. It's great. And you've also got what's her name at what's her name at PC on Twitter. I'll have links below so you can find them both and you can give them a look because they're kind of awesome. Great. <laughs> okay. And now we're going to discuss zombies. There's a reason why I don't sing. You can tell. I have no key pitch at all. I can't wait for, for, for us to cover the sequel. I can make more puns. I can't wait because honestly, like Jade sent us this right before I left and we we held it off. We waited, we waited, we waited. We watched it on New Year's Eve and so now we're going over it. But I wanted to make sure it was going to be a fun time to discuss it and this is a perfect example. Because we've actually covered movies before, but it's for Patreon episodes. The last one was two Christmas movies, mm -hmm. uh, one featuring Alicia Witt. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of a weird, literally made by Asylum Films. Mm -hmm. And the other one was some royal film that was on Lifetime at some point. Or yes. Hallmark. Uh, royal Winters, something like that? Yeah, something like that. And it was um, Bad. Patreon, yeah, it was a Patreon <laughs> Christmas episode, bonus episode for them as well. Oh, speaking of that, I have in the next two days, Let It Shine will also be coming along to Patreon, which is by Alyssa Cole. And that is a fucking fantastic book novella whatever you want to call it buy it i've got so many positive things to say and if you want to hear about it definitely hit the patreon because i'm putting it there i was going to actually put it on this on the you know more public one but honestly i don't want to wait that long to put it out and it'd be quite a while and i think it's worth talking about now especially with the rwa shit show constantly going on and the number of women of color that are being erased and all their hard work, not just within building RWA and maintaining it and feeling like they have to leave, but also because they have put in a lot of work. And Alyssa Cole specifically, really, I appreciate what she writes. I got her voice down and I enjoy listening and writing and, and creating it. And I just, you guys have got to listen to that Patreon episode because it's fantastic. Now we will seriously get on with the movie, because we're like five minutes in. So, zombies. What is zombies like? Dead. <laughs> okay, so to explain, there's kind of a cartoon element, and that's another reason why it kind of bumps up with this episode as well. There's a cartoon element to it, where the opening is kind of like a... Well, it's a little bit like... I want to say it's more like a DC or a Marvel kind of opening. Not so much in the, the structure of it, but kind of like how it's created. It's very like Hulk-esque, I think. Yeah, it, it has a certain motion comic quality to it. And it's 
basically a prologue that explains the setup of the world. Yeah, and like how the zombies exist is very interesting because the zombies happened when there was like some kind of nuclear accident in the town and when it happened, of course, there was a lot of, you know, zombies eating people alive, but then they got it under control through some useful technology and science and they've kind of been doing that. We'll talk about that in somewhat throughout this review. But it's got a really nice, I think, aesthetic to the beginning of it with the cartoon. It kind of reminds me a little bit at the very, very beginning of Pleasantville. Oh yeah, it certainly has that kind of retro uh, future vibe to it. And yeah. also, it's kind of interesting to see that in sort of the um, kid-friendly or lighter zombie fair, this kind of retro 50s thing has kind of taken hold in several things that are seen, which is weird because the modern zombie genre was created in the late 60s. Yeah, and it's usually like more like The Walking Dead, which for the record, I don't watch. A, I don't. Why really, would you? Well, I mean, I don't do zombies for the most part. I'm doing this because Jade sent it to us, and I genuinely like the movie. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you like The Descendants 1, 2, or 3, you're going to love this because it's got the same kind of beat and setup. It's got a very, like, it's also got some, like, I, I would say it's got some L. Woods in there, too, some Legally mm -hmm. Blonde, too, especially, I think, with some of the stuff, yeah. And if you notice, like, uh, I don't know if anyone has watched to see who the main guy is, but it's actually Cameron Mannheim's son. Which, I mean, anyone that's born in, like, the X or Y generation knows are from uh, several shows, like um, the Law shows and stuff like that. Hmm. But I know her mostly as Snow White from Tenth Kingdom. So I kind of, uh, I think it's very interesting to see him play this kind of a character on a Disney film when mm. NBC is the one that did Tenth Kingdom, which if you haven't seen Tenth Kingdom, oh my fucking God, <laughs> after this, that is your next step. I'm not kidding. Tenth Kingdom is probably one of the best adaptations for fairy tales I have ever, ever seen and probably will ever see. And that's saying something. It's fantastic. I love the way they, you know, put in random people playing random parts like, uh, what's his name? Ed O'Neill plays the troll king and he does, like, he's a smart Al Bundy. So it's a very strange combination. <laughs> and we've got, like, Rudger Hauer, who plays the huntsman. We have Anne Margaret, like, Anne fucking Margaret is Cinderella. Like I said, John Larroquette is Tony Lewis. Kimberly Williams Paisley is Virginia Lewis, which everyone knows Kimberly Williams from Father of the Bride for the most part. Diane Weiss plays the evil queen. There's just a huge amount of people that are throughout this entire thing. And so Warwick Davis plays Acorn, which, of course, everybody knows who he is. He was in, like, everything, including mm -hmm. Harry Potter. But there's just such a huge inverted way that it works. And I think that the zombies kind of goes a little bit like this. It kind of circumvents a little bit because it's, very like high school it's very like in that musical combination whatever but there's a strong inversion of what people expect them to be and how they respond they being the zombies but also like the bad guys which is kind of like the um popular kids the mm -hmm. cheerleaders you're either a cheerleader or nothing or a zombie yeah. they really end up the cliches so the the school literally falls into zombies and preps yeah and and like the football team sucks and they've got a huge cheering team which you can definitely see the bring it on influence in that as well mm -hmm. and the protagonist is zed again which is milo Mannheim, and the lead is meg donnelly and she plays addison but honestly probably one of my favorite characters is her friend or his friend which was Eliza. I loved Eliza. I thought she had a lot of like spirit to her character. Mm -hmm. She was definitely that that friend you don't screw with. Like mm -hmm. you don't make them mad. You don't piss them off. Mm -hmm. Which I really appreciate because I kind of like an, a non-compliant yes. foil to the to the Disney esque version mm -hmm. of Addison. Also, I think um, this this is going to jump ahead a bit, but I don't like that they convinced her character towards the end 
of changing her mind about one of her actions. I think she was right. I think she was right too, but I think it was wrong for the channel. It would have been much better on a CW show than versus like a Disney because like the intended audience is only like 10 or 11 for these movies. Yeah. Maybe 12, but like it's it's still made for preteens and the action would have been a little bit too much, I think, for a, for a younger person. Look, you're never too young to learn that it's always the right choice to fuck shit up. And we will talk about that in a minute. We will talk about how the difference between this and another movie works out. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, we meet these guys. Zed is getting ready to start high school in Seabrook's actual high school and not, like, the damage factory where they've, like, been staying for the past 50 years for the schooling. And they're no longer in the basement. They think, oh, we're no longer in the basement. Spoiler, they're in the basement. Whereas Addison is, like... Bouncing around because it's ninth grade. They're starting high school. And she's got a secret, which we will talk about in a moment. Mm -hmm. But she's very, like, preppy. She's She would be, like, on Bring It On, she would be the one that Glory's actress played. Hmm. Claire Kramer's that she played. Mm -hmm. The mega bitch without being a mega bitch. Yes. This is basically, like, the, the likable version of that same trope. Yeah. Or meant to be in that case. Yeah. I mean, there are some areas that are definitely not. Like, there's definitely Bucky, who is not. Mm -hmm. Bucky is played by Trevor Trudrum. I, I'm sorry, I cannot say your name. But he's the antithesis of everything positive that comes with cheering. Mm -hmm. He's basically, he's, he's your stereotypical uh, school movie asshole character. With a lot of bigotry. Yeah. A lot, yep. a lot, a lot, a lot of bigotry. Yeah. And of course, you can already tell by, by the little bit of plot that we've given you is that this is kind of a very thinly, thinly veiled uh, desegregation metaphor. Yeah, it, it's very much that. Like, it's it's got that idea. I will say that I did appreciate that there were some characters of color and people of color in the movie, but I wish it had been more mm -hmm. because I think it was a pretty, like, white, yeah. basic... It's not not yeah. exactly like one of the leads was a character of color. Yeah, but I, I think, in, to be fair, Disney actually is fairly good about that. Hmm. But this one probably could have, I, I think I would have preferred a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's a lot of, um, the, the zombies are not the only ones who are very white. Yeah, like especially in the cheer camp, the women of color kind of get that villain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, one of them's super smart, but she still plays the villain role. Yep. And it, it just, it's not, it, no, not really fond of that, um, but it's very Disney as well. Mm. I mean, it's kind of like, it's not, it's a little bit different than, say, The Descendants, which I mentioned earlier, which has got more, I think, people of color within the, the mm. framework, because you've got more character to build off, because you've got, like, you know, mm. Milan's daughter, mm. you've got... Carlos, which was uh, Perella Deville's son, mm. you've got you know very obvious yeah. signifiers, but mm. but yeah, back to this film. Yeah, so in zombies, like I said, it's been a little while since we watched it, but we have it running on the background in case we want to remember certain things. And one thing that I really appreciated was the color scheme and the saturation level between oh, yeah. the two areas. They're they're really making sure to have to give the film a uh, consistent visual identity. Which, of course, you heard about, I haven't seen it, but you heard about a little bit of that with the Little Women. Because, mm -hmm. you know, how the different colors saturate different timelines and stuff yes. like that. It's kind of like that here, but it saturates the zombie versus prep. Yeah. And I like the, what I like is, is in the zombies, they all have, like, basically they have green hair. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it it's green, y'all. It's like, blonde goes into the water green. No, it's, it's, it's. I want to say um, a very healthy Hulk. See, I was thinking of what would happen if Pamela Anderson went into a pool without waiting the time. I don't know. That's more of a sickly green. <laughs> and then they've got like a, I want to say almost like a maroon puce. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in between that purple. the Maroose! <laughs> and then their colors of their, their houses and stuff are very like... um. Muted. They're they're mm. not. The drap. They're on the out on the inside. On the outside, mm. they've got a little bit more color to them. Yeah. 
to signify because there's a fence that puts all the zombies in one area. Of course, it's a thinly veiled ghetto metaphor. Yeah, it's yeah, mm. barely veiled. It's not even barely. But it's very interesting to see how they've kind of evolved their life. And they've got like these little wristbands, these Z-bands that keep them from going off the rails and completely crazy train, I guess. Mm -hmm. Of course, that is also where uh, I see a bit of a problem with uh, the minority metaphor, which is also a problem that a lot of narratives have, for instance, like X-Men or anything that uses robots. Because in this case, the people of the world are justified in being worried about a minority because these zombies, if the wristbands fail, could actually go feral and start eating people, which is not something you get with actual minorities. Yeah, and well, and also, like, the thing that I didn't appreciate necessarily was also, like, they never actually talk about how, how the zombies, like, procreate because, like, they have little kids, like, yeah. like they have kids, as, and, but they never talk about the mom. Like in this movie, you never talk about the mom. Yeah. The the old Disney disease. In the case of like, they have like, uh, basically zombie vegan meat, which is like cauliflower that's made to taste or look like brains or something. Because cauliflower looks like brains. Waka waka. <laughs> and then of course we have Addison who... On the prep side. Yeah, she's the prep side and she's... Uh, she reminds me a lot of Mal in The Descendants, not mm. entirely in character, but in her her look and her aesthetic, but it's mm. more of a polished version of it. Yeah. After, I guess it'd be more like The Descendants too, Mal, when she's yeah. a princess. Mm. But the thing is that she's got a streak of white in her hair. Dom, dom, dom. She's not like everybody else, and this is a problem. Because, you know... A white white streak is totally something that people get ostracized about. But what's funny is that she's wearing a wig to wear a wig because she wears a wig over that atrocious wig. Yes, that is, it's not very not very convincing. But. Yeah, but what I like is is I like a Zed's little sister. I cannot remember her name. You know, I don't think. I know she's got one, but um. His little sister, I love, and I love her hair, her braids. Mm -hmm. She's got those, like, very young girl braids, and she's got yeah. her doll, and... Everything in this kind of looks like a cartoon. And, well, I'm mostly reminded of Archie comics, actually. It's a very Archie look. Well, see, and the funny thing is, is, like, so on the one side, they've got the dark green and the puce, but on the other side, they've got, like, seafoam green and a pale carnation pink. Yes. So it's the same color schemes, but it's completely different. And you can definitely tell where they are based on that. Also, see the symbolism. It's really all the same. It's just different shades. Yep. And, uh, of course, the, also in the film, the zombies are made to wear uniforms, which they kind of customize to fit their individual looks, which defeats the purpose of uniforms. So, okay. But it actually works because if you watch, like, the preps, they also basically have their uniform, too. It's oh, yeah. just not mandated. Mm hmm like, they all have their, you know, A-line, cute, like, 1950s outfits. Mm. Maybe a little bit modernized, but it definitely works. Mm. Whereas Zed is much more... How do I want to put this? He's much more, like, brazen in his disregard to rules. Mm. Well, Disney brazen. And then they have this weird wrapping that we just... Yeah. Because since the zombies are standing in for minorities, they have to be the side that wraps. Yeah, that that part kind of made me go, oh. Don't get me wrong, I love this movie. I, I think it's actually a really fun movie. But... It, it's, it's not... Okay, I have to preface that because if I say it directly, it's going to sound wrong. It's not like Netflix original Bright. I, I almost said it's not Bright, but that's misunderstandable. But yeah, it's, it's not quite as, it's not quite reaching as high and thus also not falling as far in its failings. Oh, and I will say this. One thing that I, I like and yet kind of makes me, uh, is the uh, one character that doesn't speak mm -hmm. English. He speaks zombie, like only zombie. Yeah, I, I think Bonzo. 
Yeah, Bonzo always speaks that, which, I mean, not a big deal for most people, but for, as a stand-in, it makes me go, huh? Yeah, literally talking like a savage, basically. Yeah. It's all... <sighs> but I do like the dancing, and I even like the weird rapping and songs. Um, it's it's very catchy. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's like very descendants. You can definitely tell there was probably a lot of consideration when this was made that it would be a lot like that. Mm-hmm. If you want, because like I know you haven't seen Descendants because it was on the U.S. and we didn't. I didn't have Disney that he could watch it. Mm-hmm. They're very landlocky about their programming that way. Oh yeah. And then you have like Bucky, who's doing like their version of Jazz Hands, mm-hmm. and his cousin is Addison. Mm-hmm. Is that his cousin? Yeah, that's his cousin. Oh, I forgot that part. Yeah. And then there's like this um, fence that actually separates the school because, you know, you can't have them interacting together or anything. The zombies may eat the popular kids and, oh, no. You know those those kids would be, would taste bland as fuck. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not seasoned at all. Y'all, they're white, McWhite, McMite, McMite, McWhite. Yes. They probably think mayonnaise is something that's a lot of spice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, I will say, um, as the movie progresses, I like the the fact that they kind of get a little bit better, but I also feel worse about it, too, because it's like the zombies have to change in order to be accepted, and then mm-hmm. the preps literally never change. They never have to do anything. So the minorities have to change to fit in and to code yeah. switch to fit in, mm-hmm. which kind of bothers me a lot, actually. Yeah. And they, they have the cheerleader tryouts and stuff like that, which is cool. It's not really necessarily my thing. I mean, it's definitely a... But you can definitely tell it's been riffed off of, like, the uh, cheerleader episode of Buffy and Bring It On. Yeah. It uses all the same cliches. I'm, I'm sure we're missing a shit ton of movies that, that have similar elements, but yeah. Yeah, but no, but these, like, these are specifically, like, the connotations and the, the scenes of it are mm. almost directly... And then, of course, the zombie's like, oh, we're not going to be in the basement. They're in the basement. Spoiler. Mm. And it's not until Zed gets on the football team by pure happenstance, basically, that um, because he, like, saves Addison, he hulks out a little bit and saves Addison during a pep rally, which they're not even supposed to be at, basically. And he's put on the football team as a powerful person. And then... Mm. Actually, that's also interesting because... They kind of threw in a steroids metaphor with that. Yeah. Which is also very like Beauty and the Beast episode of um, Buffy. Mm. Because, as initially mentioned, the zombies have to wear Z-bands that turn them... Uh, I hate to say it. Uh, that turn them normal. Yeah. And when his Z-band malfunctions slightly, he kind of gains a boost of superhuman strength. Because apparently that's something that zombies have. And... That enables him to run in a way that is precious to football coach. However, once he gets on a team, of course he cannot replicate that feat without some manipulation of his Z-band. Which Eliza does, not happily, but does it because that's what her best friend wants. Mm -hmm. And you do what makes your best friend happy. Especially Mm -hmm. when you're in high school, that's that's like one of the most paramount things you can do to yourself. Which, by the way, I just realized his little sister's name is Zoe. Oh yeah, right. And then, like, they see the zombie running through the hallway in the beginning, and they they start, like, freaking out. And so he ends up going into the zombie shelter, which, of course, there's one in the school. Why wouldn't there be? Um, so he ends up hiding, and so does Addison. And they meet, and they have their little meet-cute in, the, in there. And, you know, they're talking and having their conversation. And She doesn't realize he's, starts, yeah. he's one of the legions of the undead at first. Until she smacks him or hits him. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's also kind of uh, emblematic for the kind of metaphor the movie goes to. When they first meet, they don't realize what each other is. So they meet as persons and find their common ground because everybody's the same deep inside. Yeah, and so like that's it's very romantic uh, rom-com in that way, which I was mm. happy to also to have a rom-com, to be honest. Well, 
I miss rom-coms something fierce. And we mentioned that in My Boyfriend is a Bear mm. episode as well. Like, I miss rom-coms. I miss these kind of weird meet-cutes. And, mm. you know, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I read romance is I believe in it. Like, yeah. I, I believe in happily ever afters and mm. I believe in meet-cutes and finding your person. And, I mean, we might as well say that, like, we're going to get married on March 7th in two, of 2020. We finally got a date. Yes. Which, hallelujah. But, I mean, meet cutes and communications and love. And, I mean, it's a huge part of who I am and who we are. And we, not just, like, me and you, but, like, we as in society, like, romance is really important. Not just because it's sexual gratification, even though it can be, but it's also important to have someone else understand you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people want that. Not everybody, because there are people that are, you know... Ace and Arrow, and they—it's not something they necessarily want, and they can also be a combination of many things. But a lot of people do, right? And so, for those that do, I think it's really important to show it, and I think that this kind of does show that because they fall back into the same place, uh, the same fallout shelter later on after they've been kind of like flirting and doing their kind of fun times of, mm. of like dating on the side, and you know. And when they go to the fallout shelter, they have this really cool song. But it also shows how they still have to be separated and they still have to be apart. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one reason that, like, uh, the Let It Shine by Alyssa Cole is so important, too. Because in that book, it's a black 20-ish-year-old woman in 1961 Mm -hmm. who falls in love with a Jewish guy Mm -hmm. in Virginia. Mm. And his family fled the Holocaust. That's a lot of things at once. But racism goes all different ways. And bigotry Mm. goes all different ways. And it's kind of... I think it's a better metaphor for it than than necessarily the zombies. But zombies is for a completely different audience as well. I mean, at that point, it's not really a metaphor, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, the zombies movie is much more like... It's a lot like the Descendants. Like, a lot of the same storylines and stuff are very mm. similar because it's like the kids are the villains versus the kids are the are the victors. But, like, who determines what? Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen Descendants 3, so nobody spoil me, damn it. I'm going to see that movie at some point. I, I will I will light you up and down on Twitter. Do not, do not fear because I definitely want to see that movie because I like the first two. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoy that style of movie. Sometimes we all need a little bit of brain candy just to enjoy, which is why zombies works, because it is ha. brain candy. Ha. <laughs> I know, no pun intended. But I mean, it is. Are like, you sure, though? I promise you that was not intentional. But I mean, it's the same kind of, you can kind of just like turn it off and watch it. Because I know you didn't like it as much as I did. Hmm. Good thing. Yeah, we were talking about it when we first saw it. You didn't like it as much as I did. Okay. Because I don't think it's necessarily your genre. Hmm. You know, you're much more D&D and, and much more, you know, like those kind of storylines. I'm a like, dork. Yeah. I mean, he D&Ds every Sunday. Hi, Jonas. Hi, Colin. Um, Hi, fantasy. <laughs> Hi, reality. Why the? Because <laughs> reality got me you. Oh, right. That's um, good. But the point is, is... You know, it's a different style, and this is much more up my speed. Because when I had Disney Channel, guys, I watched so much Disney, it was ridiculous. Mm. I would watch Doc McStuffins. I would watch Eleanor of Avalon, Sophia the First, the Callie Cat thing that Mandy Moore did before she did This Is Us. Like, I did, I would seriously spend hours watching it. I'd watch, like, I watched some of the new DuckTales when I could find it on there. I, I enjoyed that kind of stuff. I would actually have Disney Plus, honestly, but mm. it's a little expensive, and I'm just waiting for the Mighty Ducks to come out, then I'll buy it. Besides, Disney Plus is not even available in Germany yet. Nope, it comes out in March here. Ain't that ridiculous? Yeah, but they have to clear all the stuff, probably. Anyway, um, I'm a Disney person. He's not necessarily not Disney, but not Disney either. He's kind of like ambivalent to lukewarm with it on some days. Well, depends on the individual property. I mean, give me gargoyles any day. Well, yeah, because I mean, I should. We should mention about gargoyles. We should mention he actually made some custom figures for them and stuff like that over the 
over the years. So he he does that a lot, actually. He's got several over there. I know yeah. he's got Demona. Mm-hmm. I can see her from this side. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I made Demona Goliath and Eliza. Yeah. No, nobody's Lisa. Uh, I keep mispronouncing her. Nobody's surprised, really. Yeah. But so, like, it's a big part of his life. Not quite as much as Transformers, God knows. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a whole other story, guys. It's in there. But, yeah, it's a, it's an important thing. But in general, he's not really, like, a Disney Channel person. He's yeah. not. Like, he would probably not be bored by this if he were to watch it. Hmm. And he also didn't grow up, like, with Disney Channel the way we did either because yeah. it, it was very different for you guys. And yet, I'm one of the few people who still uh, defend Buzz Lightyear Star Command. It was a good show. <laughs> we were also older when you got that. Still a good show. No, but my point is, is we were older, so it was more of it. Things were more readily available than they were when we were little. This is true. Because, like, we had Disney Channel when I was little, and I used mm. to love Disney Channel. Oh, my God. I would give up Nickelodeon sometimes just to have Disney Channel because mm. our package and cable where I was living at the time in Metro Atlanta, you had to give one or the other up. You couldn't have both unless you wanted to pay, like, a huge bill for a huge bundle. So, like, every, like, three to six months, I would flip over. What kind of monster makes you choose? I know. I was missing all my soap operas when I was, like, 11 and 12. <sighs> I missed some seasons of MMC. And yeah. I also missed some seasons of, like, 15 with Ryan Reynolds. This is inhumane. It was for me, because I was like, these boys are hot. I want to watch. <laughs> not Justin Timberlake, by the way. Ryan Gosling all the way, even back then, <laughs> back in the day. I was not really here for Justin Timberlake. Who Breaker High Ryan hot Gosling was much hotter to me, however, because we were in the same age range. And I was like, hmm. oh, he's pretty. Y'all remember him. He was in all the Bop episodes, uh, in all the Bop magazines, especially after Remember the Titans. But before that, he was mm. pretty big, too, from Baker High and a couple of other things. Yes. But with zombies, I can see the, I can see how it kind of works together and it, and it goes and it fills the, the niche that it wants to fill. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, perhaps unsurprisingly of a Disney product, it is very polished. Yeah, very. Like, t- partially maybe a little bit too polished because even the zombies look very clean. Yeah. But like, well, and like with, um, even the, the scene where they were at the, ruins when they had that like zombie block party whatever they called it um that was even clean looking and it was supposed to be like an abandoned building yeah and all the furniture is meant to be made out of garbage but it's brand new garbage yeah and then but i enjoyed that that scene a lot i enjoyed Mm. that particular dance and that particular movement and Mm. i in part because I enjoyed watching Addison out of her zone. I enjoyed mm-hmm. watching Zed in his zone. I also enjoyed Eliza and Bonzo. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing was, was I really enjoyed watching Addison and Zoe. Mm-hmm. Because Zoe is a zombie that wants to be a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She wants the best of both worlds. And Addison is someone that doesn't want to disrupt the, squ- the status quo, but obviously does because it's Romeo and Juliet and she must. Mm-hmm. But it was very interesting watching... Um, Zoe and Addison kind of play off of each other and enjoy their mm. interactions and kind of Addison mentoring Zoe a little bit because it wasn't about the rivalry. It was just about two people enjoying the same thing. And mm-hmm. like, cause in the, the preps that are doing the cheerleading or whatever, they don't seem to enjoy it. All they enjoy is the power for the most part, mm-hmm. which is very bring it on. Yeah. But they're missing that element. And I think Zoe adds that little bit in that scene to kind of remind Addison on the importance of cheerleading and why it, mm-hmm. what good it does, not just the status quo and what it provides you with power. Yep. And then, of course, she's slowly defying Bucky, who is the main villain, because he doesn't want anything that's going to disrupt his reign at the end, which reminded me of uh, Big Red mm-hmm. in uh, Bring It On. Also, this... Kind of raises the specter of Disney owning owning everything because they now have several characters named Bucky. Yeah, yeah. And but this Bucky, this Bucky reminds me of um, the guy who played Wolf, Scott Cohen. Hmm. Um, also, that brings me to another problem with the character. Well, Wolf in Tense Kingdom, yeah. Hmm. Because he's uh, obviously the lead villain of the piece, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be the lead prep. 
but they also cast him in a way that he is not only not entirely classically handsome, but he also looks vaguely Jewish. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of an ongoing problem with Disney. Yeah, I think so too. I noticed that too, actually. And he's basically the only person in the film who looks vaguely Jewish. Yeah. Like, and we mean stereotypical, not necessarily what Jewish looks like, because there yeah. is not anything that Jewish looks like, but mm. Hollywood stereotypical Jewish. Like, yeah. you know, he's got the the same looks. Um, he, Scott, Co- uh, Scott also played um, Max on Gil- Gilmore Girls, if you haven't seen Tenth Kingdom, and to give you a reference. Mm. So you can kind of get the idea of what he looks like. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of problematic elements with the film, unfortunately. Way too many, honestly. And, like, her her always wearing that wig. Mm-hmm. That's obviously her real hair. Obviously, yes. No matter how much the actress kind of uh, tries to push it back and forth, it's still her real hair. It's not her real hair color, but it's her real hair. Yeah. It's like, more like it looks like a lace front or something on it, maybe. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I think overall the romance in, the, in it is really good. I think mm-hmm. they, do, they do a really good job of building it up. Yeah. But I just wish that they were a little bit, I don't know, just, some things didn't necessarily click with me, but I mm-hmm. think it was a really good, for the age group, I think it was a really good romance story. Yeah. Also, I like you mentioned earlier, there's not enough romantic comedies anymore. And sometimes you want a little bit more focus on the romance than a shoehorn love story in a superhero film. Yeah. Well, and like, <laughs> hi, Joss Whedon, how are you? <laughs> we all know what that one was referencing. But the thing is, is I think that the thing that made me like them the most as a couple was actually like the scene at, at the kind of climatic scene where everyone sees what he's been doing to himself to make them win the football game, mm-hmm. to make them popular. Because basically what he was doing was he was leveraging his own health to make sure that the zombies could interact with his people in the school and kind of yeah. create a... A community for them yeah. as well within out of the basement. An ambassador through sports, as also seen in the real world with minorities. Yeah. And like very mighty duckish too. Because mm. I'm thinking of uh, Keenan's character mm. and Mighty Ducks too, the knuckle pucks, mm. that kind of idea. Because they didn't really have Jesse that much, so they had knuckle puck guy. Yeah. Um,. Oh, I just realized something else that is kind of Romeo and Julia, Juliet-ish about this. Yeah. The characters actually do asides to the camera, which strikes me as a kind of... I mean, it's also a very Disney Channel thing to do, but it also kind of fits the uh, classical Shakespeare thing. Yeah, and I think it also fits, like... A lot of it reminds me of, like, the 1990s rom-coms. Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily the Nora Ephron, but, like, the... um, Or maybe early 2000s, like, um, Jennifer Aniston's Picture Perfect and, mm-hmm. and that era of, you know... Maybe the follow-up to The Graduate with um, Jennifer Aniston, Shirley mm. MacLaine, and Kevin Costner. But it's very interesting to see the way they've kind of framed it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, before I forget, underrated character, the coach. Yeah. The, the, the coach, football coach is yeah. amazing. The coach who just, just wants to win once. He just wants a chance at doing his job well. He just wants to... Have a little bit of success, please. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. But, I mean, he does at the the expense of Zed. Hmm. I think the follow-up is going to be interesting, the Mm -hmm. sequel. Mm -hmm. Because it kind of discusses a little bit about her hair and and what's going on, I think. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to give any theories about that. um, Because I don't want to give anything away. Hmm. But in case we're covering that movie and I forget to do it then. Yeah. Ahoo! Werewolves of Disney. This is why he doesn't go out in public very much, guys. They don't let me. <laughs> because we love people too much. I think that, in general, I think Addison is a strong character. I think mm-hmm. she could have been stronger. Yep. I think she's probably a... I'd give her, like, a B rating. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a very, like... So, in the U.S., an 80 would be a B, and I'd probably give her about an 80 out of 100. Mm-hmm. I would give Zed probably closer to like a ninety-two really? or ninety-three. Yeah, I I think he should get a little bit less for keeping secrets. Yeah, but I give it to him because he's, pardon the pun, but he's more fleshed out. 
I mean, he's much more evolved as a character. He and he evolves like hmm. she evolves, but it takes her forever to do it. Whereas he's willing to sacrifice from the get go to make sure where, and she's kind of like trying to maintain status quo in order not to, you know, upset her parents and blah 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 blah. Hmm. So I think that's kind of an important thing to note as well. Fair. Fair. I think that Eliza and... Oh, we didn't mention this, but uh, Addison's best friend, Bree, is also black. Mm-hmm. Uh, she They meet at the beginning, the first day of high school, and I love Bree as well. Mm-hmm. I think Bree and Eliza are very interesting counterpoints. Mm-hmm. I, I just wish that uh, Bree, uh, uh, Bree did kind of disappear towards the latter half of the film. Yeah, it was weird because it's like it all became about the romance and about the zombies and poor Brie. I'm just like, you busted your butt to get her to help her get on the squad, and then where'd she go? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe she. I'm hoping she'll be back for the second one because I think she definitely she deserves that. Oh yeah. because the, the other one's got a little bit more character arc, and she was kind of missing mm-hmm. out on it. But she was really interesting. One thing I really liked about her was I liked her peppiness. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to the point of absurdity, but it was also like there was a little bit of fear and stuff like that. So she she mm-hmm. read to me like a young teen. Like yeah. Addison, to me, sometimes read a little bit more like a gossip girl, mm-hmm. like a little bit more of a socialite, whereas Brie really felt to me more like, you know, a 14, she, 15 year old at the time. She has the awkwardness that is necessary. Yeah, and, and she, she displays it a little bit more. And Eliza also... Actually, the character, uh, the actress Kaylee Russell, who plays Eliza, I really think that she would be great as a like a young, maybe black canary or huntress, or I could definitely mm. see her playing that kind of a role. Oh yeah, I think she also has. Mm, I mean, I've already seen her in this, but I get the feeling that she has some range. Yeah, she, she does very. She does a lot with her expression work. Yeah, her like her visual cues on top of her, the way she pronounce she pronounces things and she kind of puts things together. It really works, I think. Mm. Like she's very expressive, and as someone that watches a lot of Disney movies, that's like really important. Mm. It's one thing that really made the Descendants stand out. Mm. So I will say that some of the ages are a little bit high. Like uh, Meg Donnelly is about twenty. Uh, Which is acceptable for a teen film. Right. And Milo Mannheim is like 19, 20, because he was born in 2001. So depending on when. Uh, the oldest is actually Kylie. Russell, who plays Eliza, she's 24. Which, as in the case of all things teen, that always seems to happen. Mm-hmm. But in general, like, the the ones that we can find out the ages of, they the, the ages match. Like, Closely enough, at they, least. They look old enough. Like I said, Eliza looks a little bit older than what she should, and... Uh, apparently Meg Donnelly is on American Housewife on ABC in the States, but I don't know because mm. I don't watch it, but it makes sense. ABC is owned by Disney, so of course there's a lot of cross cross work there. Mm-hmm. In general, would you recommend this film? Although I'm not going to tell you how it ends because I don't want to give all that away. Yeah. I think I would recommend it, obviously, for the right audience. Yeah, I think for, what, under, like, say, 16, it's a really good film. It's not overly scary, but it's still got some mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of horror, appropriate yeah. level horror. Uh, and also, for people who don't mind their movies uh, screwing a bit long, younger and uh, being a bit more simplistic. Yeah, I mean, like, because like, I love Disney. I've already established like hell a lot this entire episode. Mm-hmm. So that's not a big deal. But I definitely, like, I think for age appropriate, like the the actual skewing age, I definitely think. I said 16, but I think maybe 13 and under, honestly, would be the best fit for this, just Mm. because of the going right into high school, because you don't really know what's going to happen. It's kind of got a little bit of a teen wolf vibe, too, Mm -hmm. and and it's not necessarily in the the way it's presented, just the way it it kind of rolls out. Yeah. It seems to indicate that. It has this varsity jacket vibe to it. Yeah, it's definitely got that. That teen, you know, coming of age type feel to it. Yeah. And I don't read a lot of YA guys, so I can't recommend anything similar to this because I just I don't read YA. I've tried many times. Same with New Adult. I just I've tried it. Oh. I typically stick to people in their like late twenties, early thirties. Yep. When I read, so I I can't say anything that's kind of comparative to this. 
But if you guys know of anything, you, you can always catch me on Twitter and, and let me know, which is at Damsel's Podcast. So I, I've mentioned this many times. I have all these other things that I never pay attention to, but I definitely pay attention to Twitter because it's easy to access on my phone. I have multiple phones. One doesn't work here. One does. It's his old phone. So I have two phones right now until he can figure out how to work that because my old phone is but carrier she, locked. So. But when she has Wi-Fi, she can work in stereo. And I do. He was listening to stereo earlier when I was talking on Facebook Messenger. Bing, yeah, I'm bing. still old enough that I use Facebook Messenger to hit family because it's so much easier to access them on the site they're already on rather than having to create other ones like we have Skype and stuff like that, but my mom and my dad basically just use that to call me. Yeah. So, I, we've, I have Facebook Messenger. I'm old. I'm not fond of Facebook. I don't like Facebook. I think Facebook is a piece of shit. However, everyone still uses it thus. Justly. So it is, and so it hopefully shall not be. So I think that I'm very excited to see Zombies 2. I was mm -hmm. unexpectedly... Surprised by the content of the movie. I think mm -hmm. it's, again, very Descendants-like. It's kind of got that new wave of, of Disney mm -hmm. decisions. It's got the songs, the dancing, the musical side. Very I polished. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in the day when Jet Jackson was on and you didn't really have a lot of singing. <laughs> and, those, and those particular movies, you didn't have it. Like, you had, like, the Friendship movie and there was, like, the Lizzie McGuire movie had it, obviously, because that's Lizzie McGuire and it's Hilary Duff, but, like, in general, they didn't always have it. Yeah. Cadet Kelly. Hmm. I think that was the name of it. They figured out what works for them, and they are going to milk it. Exactly. You know, that was, like, the even Stevens era, so not that many. Of course, Christy Romano sings. Yeah. But, in general, high or low mark? Or medium mark? Mm, medium to high. Yeah, I think I'm going to go, like, right right at that edge of medium high like probably again mm -hmm. if you were going by like an you know abc type thing probably around like in 87 88 i think somewhere around there hmm. out of 100 mm -hmm. it's not quite it's not quite as good as descendants 2 which is the one that i enjoy the most between the two that i've seen but it's definitely got that feel to it and i appreciate mm -hmm. that like i said sometimes i just want to veg out and that's what i that's it yeah nothing wrong with that exactly Okay, anything else we should add before we go? Oh, I know what it was. Disneyland. We still have. He's never been to Disney World or Disneyland. I know the Mickey Mouse Corporation is evil. I am not disagreeing with you there. But there are some things that are very tantamount to my growing up, and I think at some point I would like to eventually take him, and if we ever have any kids, which is our plans at some point, I would like to take them to Disney World and let them see what I grew up with and... Until then, we'll go to Disneyland Paris because that's the country over and not, like, a 10-hour plane ride, 12-hour plane ride, hmm. which is going to be fun if we have younger kids. Anyway, so I can't wait to take him there because I've never been to Disneyland Paris, and he's never been to anything Disney or really a theme park in general, so be a whole new ball game for him entirely. Mm -hmm. Letting him meet the characters and stuff like that. <laughs> I'll even get him an autograph book, guys. Why not? I had like 12 of them when I was little because I'd get one every time I went. Oh. I was very much that kid. Oh. Yeah, I didn't really care about the princesses nearly as much as like Donald Duck. I have very clear memories of standing in line for Donald Duck. He is the famous one, really. I mean, but I was like, it was like Donald and Goofy. <laughs> there you go. That voice, by the way, is what makes my nephew like laugh unbelievably. Because when he was a baby, he couldn't have been more than like four or five months, he would start crying and he'd do the goofy voice. So would do the goofy voice and whoo So that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to close out the episode. I'm not going to do a promo this time. Mm -hmm. Just because it's already getting to be close to an hour and it's a kind of bonus episode. Freeform? Freeform, yeah. So it's, it's not going to be under like episode 23. It'll just be under bonus. Mm hmm because it's Valentine's and we always do something for Valentine's. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I hope y'all have an amazing Valentine's Day. Whether you have a partner or not, whether you're in a relationship, whether you are in multiple relationships, whatever your status is, I hope you have a really good day. I hope that your 
life brings a lot of light and love to you because no matter what, I think everyone deserves a little bit of love. That is and true. love comes in many forms. It's not just romance. Mm-hmm. You have soulmates of all different ways and mm-hmm. kinds. And I just want everyone to have an amazing holiday. And if you're paying attention to the RWA shit show, it's still going on. Just mm. do yourself a favor and log off for about a week mm. and just let it ride. Also, for legal reasons at this point, I would like to find out that this podcast does not endorse the real-life romancing of the dead. We're, we're not really into necrophilia, guys. Um, not really my thing. Oh, but if you want a really good book about that has necromancy in it, not the same thing. Uh, I think, uh, what's her name? Kelly Armstrong. Her Other World series, her Other World Women series, I believe, talks a little bit about necromancy because they've got a necromancer in there. So. Mm. But it's not necrophilia. That is good because because this podcast is about many kinds of romance, but not about neck romance. No, we're kind of big on consent in this forum. Yes. So, with the sapient dead, use your own judgment. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It kind of got a little bit different than I expected because I didn't put any of this stuff out. Like, I didn't map a thing out. I just kind of went on the fly with him because we want to make sure things are given to you for the holiday. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to find me, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Damsels Podcast. You can also find me an email, damselspodcast at gmail.com. You can tell it's, you know, almost one o'clock in the morning and I'd like to go to sleep because it's been a very long day. If you write and review us on iTunes, please let me know because I would love to shout you out. If you'd like to find me on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash damselspodcast. Oh, that's a surprise. I know, right? And then you can also find me on the Damsels Podcast page, the actual page at deconstructing-damsels.pinecast.co. I have a trouble with that one because I didn't get to pick the, the link. I had to go with whatever they gave me. So, you can also find me on any of the podcatchers, including Spotify. So, if you mm-hmm. guys want to listen to it on the road and not have to download anything, or anything, run with it because I'm definitely on Spotify as well. Indeed. Okay. I think that's it. Got anything else to say? Rebels of Disney. <laughs> Ahu. Ahu, I say. Chinese menu in the sand. <laughs> what? It makes sense. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye, guys.